you know, we had a client in the, in the health space that started to sell masks, you know, during really early on for COVID. Um, these guys came to us later on, but they were managing some of their taboo stuff in house, right? So they went from doing no business to spending over $200,000 a day on native marketing, selling freaking masks. Um, just being topical, it was the right time. Obviously, those masks would have sold six months before that for anything, but you know, when they hit the right time and the right season, things really took off for them. On this episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, we have Joe Burton, CEO at ROI Marketplace. In this episode, you're going to want to hear about how Joe details the importance of crafting custom funnels and assets for specifically native ads, proper ways to scale your native budget, and lastly, the different types of seasonal trends and evergreen campaigns in the native world and how to make it happen. So go ahead, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. But before we begin, if you are an agency owner or media buyer, head over to funnel-.com to learn about how their ad card can allow you to scale your ads and get cash back. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. This is your host, Zach Johnson. I'm with Mr. Dylan Carpenter. Dylan, you ready to talk about some native ads today? Oh, man, we don't get enough of this. I'm pretty amped about it. <laughs> mm, today's guest spends upwards of 40 to 50 million on native and i'm excited for it man it's gonna be a breath of fresh air everyone's a little anti-facebook uh this week <laughs> uh today's guest was introduced to us of uh former guest um carter one of the top affiliates at uh digistore was on a previous episode and uh he said you gotta talk to my boy Mr. Joe uh, Burton's managing a ton of budgets uh, uh, in the DR space, direct response, uh, D2C, some some pretty aggressive advertisers, uh, and founder of ROI Marketplace. Welcome to the Rich Ed Poor Ed podcast, Joe. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, man. Thanks for just being amazing and having like an epic uh, amount of ad spend that you're, you're you're managing. This will make it for a really fun show. <laughs> <laughs> we do our best, you know. <laughs> so tell everybody a little bit about ROI Marketplace and you know what your guys' sweet spot is uh, as an ad agency. Yeah, so I launched ROI. I think it's seven or eight years ago now, um, as you know, a full service ad agency. And our goal at the time was to work with brands and DR clients to handle, you know, Facebook and Google and Native and some other stuff. Um, I had a, a big background in Native, you know, kind of going back my whole career. Um, and quickly, I understood that there was a million people doing Facebook agencies out there, a million people in Google agencies, and we kind of realized that no one separated from the pack on native specifically. So um, we launched ROI or sorry, we kind of made that our business model where, you know, native was our specialty in the market. And once we did that, things really took off for us. So we focus heavily on DR clients. So think about your typical lead generations. We do a ton in the insurance space, home improvements. Uh, we do a lot with, you know, health clients, the, the VSLs that you guys probably see everywhere. And then, of course, some, you know, some high-end financial products as well. So um, it's stuff all across the board. Um, and again, most of our clients do have some kind of success metric in mind. And, you know, we're able to hit those, you know, more often than not. 
It's awesome, man. That is awesome. So let's talk about a rich ad. What's working now, Joe? We're, um, we're having a good year. So we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, stuff migrate away from Facebook and towards us. And, you know, particularly we've seen a lot of things that are news dependent and really good. You mm. know, great examples are, you know, right after, you know, the election, when Biden took inauguration, you know, a lot of people that had major portfolios in the financial world became very nervous about their retirement income and their portfolios and their stocks and things like that. So we just saw a ton of high-end financial products go through the roof, you know, with, you know, basically copy and content built around that, you know, is your retirement income safe? Is your portfolio safe? You know, and offering alternative investments behind that. Um, those were some of our biggest spenders so far year to date by far. Wow. Nice. That's awesome. So what, what would you, uh, what would you advise, you know, for somebody that maybe spending a couple hundred grand a month on, on, on Facebook or social and they're kind of wanting to jump over into the native world, the wild, wild west, what would be kind of the top one or two, three things you'd recommend? It's so the first thing is don't just copy your funnel from Facebook and drop it into to and expect it to work. Um, yeah. I've seen a hundred people try it and it almost never works. Right. right. So you got to think kind of how native is built out, right. And native is a first touch for most clients, first active engagement with their consumers. So you're really just introducing your product or service to them. You know, some things like lead gen kind of are what they are. Right. You're either going to submit your information or you're not probably. You know, if you're selling a physical product, you have to educate them about your stuff. So number one most important thing is make sure you have good content behind it. You know, this the story and the content is everything that comes with a strong native campaign. Hmm. Hmm. So you all that in-house actually. <laughs> yeah. So we got in-house copywriters. Um, we have in-house designers. So we design the pages, we write the content, and then we of course, you know, get client approval and push it out. Um, like anything else, we always ask our clients to help us with that process because they know their products better than we do at this point, you know, but yeah, we do offer everything from really A to Z. Damn. That's powerful. So, so definitely things that work across other platforms, the whole native side has to have, you know, its own kind of custom storytelling system and backend. it looks like. Exactly. Cause again, think about how it works. You know, I'm on MSN or I'm on Fox news or I'm checking the sports on ESPN and I see something that pops up in the side. It looks like a news article. Right. So we have to take people to a page who's going to, of course, sell your product to them. Um, there's been no trust built at this point. Facebook's a bit different because people, I think, have an active trust level with the, with the network already. This is obviously a little bit different of a scenario. So, you know, the key is to educate your consumers, teach them about why your product or service is a good idea. But don't, you know, don't jerk them around and mislead them. You know, if you make a bunch of false claims about, you know, how your product is going to make them a million dollars a day or, you know, make them lose 40 pounds overnight, you're going to lose trust super quick with people. That makes complete sense there. Now, you're kind of tying it back to the election and how good those kind of campaigns are doing in the financial realm. Do you all do a lot of, I guess, seasonal or kind of more, I guess, world events kind of campaigns there? So I'm kind of curious how that differentiates from your more evergreen side of campaigns. Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely seasonality behind these things, right? So Q1 tends to be everyone wants to get healthy. People want to get their finances in order, right? The resolution dieters, things like that are, are super big. Um, you know, the summer months tend to be a little bit different. We see a lot in the improvement space, lead generation, things like that. And then Q4 is like shopping season. So everyone is selling, you know, Christmas gifts or gadgets or things like that. So we have enough, you know, 
or enough clients in a house where we can kind of roll with the punches, where some months client A is having a phenomenal month and they're taking off. They may slow down the next month and something else may kind of creep up and take its place. And that makes definite sense. It makes it nice, especially in 2020, 2021, there's, it feels like everything's going ham. So I feel like you got a lot of options for content. <laughs> it, it is, you know, and, and obviously the, the point is to stay topical. You know, the more topical the content you can put out, the better you're going to perform. You know, people do see your ads, you know, and they do engage with your ads and maybe you can sell your product to them or not. Um, one of my favorite stories was, you know, we had a client in the, in the health space that started to sell masks, you know, during really early on for COVID. Um, these guys came to us later on, but they were managing some of their Taboola stuff in house. Right. So they went from doing no business to spending over $200,000 a day on native yeah. marketing, selling freaking masks, um, just being topical. It was the right time. Obviously those masks would have sold six months before that for anything, but you know, when they hit the right time and the right season, things really took off for them. Are um, masks still selling? <laughs> is that still a thing or are they? Not as much. The bubble's kind of over. You know, this yeah. was back when you couldn't get out of your house. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't, you know, really buy them online because they were sold out everywhere. So these guys had a huge surplus and they were able to, you know, really effectively monetize it. People are still spending on them now, but it's not like it used to be. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely noticed our mass sales declining heavily week over week, it seems like. <laughs> yep. Especially for some of the southern states, man. With all these doors opening up, no one needs masks anymore, it seems like. <laughs> Everyone's got them now, you know, and those that don't aren't going to buy them. I mean, if you have a cool custom mask, maybe you can still put a good campaign out for it. But again, it's all about staying topical, right? What's the next thing is going to be, you know, in high demand? Oh, definitely. Now, now, quick question. When it comes to Q4 and the kind of shopping season, what's some of the largest budgets you've played with, whether it's like Cyber Monday, Black Friday? I would imagine when it's really hot, y'all kind of scale to the moon with these native campaigns. It is. We do a lot with like the gadgets, you know, kind of something that people can engage with quickly and purchase for not a whole lot of money. Um, those are big for us. So we had a lot of... I can think back to like personal fitness trackers, personal devices, um, energy saving devices, all the stuff that you can buy someone for a cheap amount. So... Um, you know, we don't do it nearly enough e-com and a goal of mine is to bring on more brands in the e-com space this season. But, you know, we had a couple million dollar budgets for sure in Q4. Oof. Oh, man, that's sick. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Now, kind of off topic, more on the scaling side. But I mean, how do you ramp up what's working on the native side? Do you just up the budgets, come up with new angles, funnels? I'm kind of curious how once you find something that's working, how do you kind of flick that switch to just make it really scale to the moon there? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So. Um, one of my clients kind of coined this phrase and I've used it ever since, you know, once you find the God ad, as they call it, which is basically a combination of headline and image and landing page, things scale really, really quickly. Um, and it's hard to kind of replicate that with a new ad down the road. So mm. um, we always start our campaigns off really slow, try to dial in the best creatives, the best angles, the best images. We're seeing who's engaging with the content, kind of what devices are working the best. And once you figure all those things out for a new client, then we start to scale them pretty aggressively. Um, one thing I'm really big on is diversifying our ad spend by different networks. You know, so to bull outbrain, Gemini, and so on down the pipeline, we try to break our spend pretty evenly across all of those because it's very cyclical. And sometimes to is having a bad day or a bad week. You know, but if you're having a bad day over here, maybe you're picking up on outbrain or picking up on Gemini or picking up on, you know, a different platform. And by doing that, we see a lot less of the, the major market swings that people kind of deal with. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, 
and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out AdCard. See, the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, and you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your clients' ad account. And before AdCard, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. Man, so with these winning ads, how long do they last once you kind of find that sweet spot? Is it something that's monetary based or is it kind of more time based? I've had ads that I haven't touched in a year plus. I've had <laughs> ads that burn out in you know 30 days. So it, it really varies. Yeah. Um, but there's some ads, honestly, I haven't touched in a year, more, two years, because they just work every single day, no matter what. Oh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, so that's that's the nice sunshine side of native. Give us some nightmares, man. What's some poor <laughs> ads you kind of run across in this native world here? Native's a lot more volatile than Facebook, right? So it's frustrating. You know, there's days I log in and I see all my campaigns in the green. I'm like, this job is easy. I'm the smartest media buyer in the world, right? And I might log in the following morning and everything I have is red and I haven't changed anything, no ideas what's going on and whatnot. So, and sometimes you'll have a week or two where just nothing works and you can't find a reason. Nothing's broken. Nothing's in your funnels looks off. Everything is the same it was two weeks ago. And then it is not converting as well. So you got to be patient and kind of ride with the times, you know, and when things are working well, hit it as hard as you can. And when they're not working well, then of course, you know, don't blow your whole budget on it. Have you had that scenario where we actually blown a pretty massive part of the budget on something that just wasn't functional or something that you maybe misread there? Oh, God, I probably lost more money in the work marketplace on it, right? I've given back tons of money over my career. You know, sometimes it's stubbornness, like, I'm going to figure this damn thing out, and we're going to make it work. And sometimes it's just bad management, right? Um, one of the, the things I tell people all the time when I do my different speaking is, you know, if something is working, leave it the hell alone. You know, I don't know how many times in my career I've had a campaign cranking, and I'm like, well, I'm going to... I'm going to add two new ads to the mix and see what happens, right? The campaign just totally falls apart. So when something is working there, leave it the hell alone. Don't touch it. Change your bids. And that's about it. Man, that makes complete sense. Some nightmares. They happen everywhere, it seems like. <laughs> if it was easy, everybody could do it, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah, we'd all be on freaking owning our own islands, you know. <laughs> Shit. That's the, so, I mean, something you kind of brought up, and of course, I'm going off topic again, is how y'all kind of split up by device type. Do y'all anticipate having to do this more with Android versus iOS with some of the newer upcoming changes at all? Or is that going to impact you that much? So we've always done that, you know, so we use, you know, like volume as our ad tracker, for example. So Mm -hmm. since day one, we've been analyzing devices and browners and operating systems and what's doing the best and worst. And in most cases, you can set up campaigns to target only those. Um, We're not too worried about all the changes because quite honestly, 
native isn't built as heavy on demo targeting yeah. as Facebook is. You know, so we've been demo targeting more by site since way before demo targeting was cool. So, you know, we know about targeting conservative lists versus, you know, leftist lists versus whatever lists based on just the sites we're targeting. And it's a little bit different than, of course, letting the pixel do it for you. Um, it, there's a reason Facebook is so scalable because your pixel was so intelligent, but they're obviously now dealing with um, a lot of headaches. That's, that's going to go away for them. Oh, yeah. I've been seeing in the last couple of weeks, it seems like Facebook's pushing a lot of Android budgets out where it usually didn't. But I mean, have you ever noticed trends when it comes to this iOS LTV of a customer versus Android or even average order values? That's one thing I've actually noticed on the Facebook realm. And I'm kind of curious if you ever see something similar on the native side where the iOS just may have, you know, a higher LTV and AOV to where Android isn't that high up there. We absolutely see that. You know, we see iOS be a little bit better from a conversion standpoint than you know, Android does. We see Edge browser converting higher than Chrome browser. I mean, huh. we look at those numbers every single day. Um, and there's definitely trends that develop there for sure. Damn. Hell yeah. Love this shit. So let's go ahead and sidestep this bad boy. So, of course, we'd love to kind of dive into some sort of financial tips and principles based off the name of the podcast here. So, I mean, based off your expertise and experience, what kind of financial tips or principles can you kind of share with the audience based off what you're getting into? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, I think personally, and I'm big on this, I think every budget, whether you're a brand owner or an affiliate or, you know, a market, you know, a big marketing firm, should have some kind of budget set aside for the native campaigns. And the reason being is it really does push up what you're doing on Facebook and on your branded search campaigns and your Amazon sales and all that. So um, I would say carve out a budget. It doesn't need to be a lot. You can start campaigns off for a hundred bucks a day, you know, and kind of get your feet wet in the market, right? Um, but I think every campaign should have some kind of budget set aside for it for sure. That makes definite sense. So, you know, if you're just getting started, a hundred bucks a day is sufficient, but say we're, you know, spending 300K a month on Facebook, we're getting really good traction. We want to hit a hard would you recommend for the more established brands that are looking to get traction a little bit quicker? Yeah. I mean, you can step in and you can spend a lot of money very quickly, but it's all about what you're making back. Right. So I guess it depends on your threshold for loss. Like if you've never bought native before and you sign up for Taboola and you drop in $20,000 and you up your bids to a dollar and you turn it on, you're going to spend a lot of money pretty quickly. Right. Um, But I think it's always better to be a little more intelligent about how you're spending it. So, you know, you can definitely, definitely, though, get campaigns testing for, you know, a couple grand per month, you know, and if you want to spend a lot more, by all means, the traffic is out there. That's not bad. People always think you got to spend a crap load to kind of gauge whether a platform works for you, but just goes to show you don't, you know, hundred bucks a day is sufficient. (laughs) You'd be surprised. We launch all of our new clients, right? And again, we're spending, you know, three, four or five million bucks a month on native. And I launch a new client at like, 50 bucks a day, 100 bucks a day, <laughs> just kind of, again, figuring out what's working, working out the dials, find the, the best campaigns, the best ads, the best pre-sale pages and all that. And once we find all that stuff, then we scale and spend their money. How much do you prep in advance just to kind of stay more proactive? If maybe this funnels and this, you know, lander's not working or maybe this creative isn't working or this headline, how proactive do y'all stay on? Hey, here's our archive of headlines to test or copy, maybe the back end system. How do y'all kind of incorporate that out of curiosity? It's every single day, you know, so sometimes a client will come to us and let's say they own a product or service. They have affiliates running pretty massive volume, but they don't like that because they want to be able to control some of that budget in-house. Those ones are easy. They already got pages. They have ads. They've got their controls in place. We turn that on and it's pretty much profitable on day one. Um, Some clients come to us, never bought a native click before in their life. 
So those guys are obviously a lot more work um, we're constantly flipping out new things. But every single week we are testing new variations of headlines, new variations of images, new variations of pre-sale pages for every single client we have. So it's a constant evolutionary process. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So with y'all kind of being a lot in the Legion realm, when it comes to you know ranking up against other platforms, how do you see on performance side? Do y'all have a kind of benchmark CPLs, conversion rates, or is it just completely different you know, versus what you see on other channels? Yeah, so we tend to see quality be much higher on native for the actual, you know, end product. You know, like if you were to drive, let's say, a thousand leads for, you know, life insurance from Facebook versus for native, native is almost always a higher quality lead. So we tend to get better payouts and price bumps and all that. You know, so typical conversion rates range anywhere between, you know, one to five percent, depending on the offer. Obviously, how invasive it is, whether they want just a short form versus a long form with a lot of questions behind it. Um, but we see CPAs, you know, anywhere between a couple bucks for an email submit up to maybe 30 or 40 for, you know, full form stuff. Damn, it's exciting. It's a whole new world out there no one really thinks about. And I feel like Native is one of the, more of those quieter quieter realms you don't see much of at least in my case it's getting bigger though you know and quite honestly three years ago you know the bids were way lower than they are now more and more people are kind of you know trying to diversify their spend or they're sick of losing facebook accounts or they're sick of you know the policies over there so they're finding new ways to spend their money so the good news is it's helped my company to explode in terms of like the amount of volume we take on but the bad news is it checks that bids up for everybody man that makes complete sense well, snap, Joe, this has been exciting, man. You know, anything cool on the horizon you'd like to share with the audience and kind of what's the best way for people to kind of get in touch with y'all? Yeah, I mean, you can reach out a couple different ways. You know, um, one, of course, is just through our site, rymarketplace.com. Um, we also have a, a native group that I manage called Native Advertising Gurus, which is just a group where it's a free group to join on Facebook. We just kind of share ideas, people ask questions and kind of, you know, pass that around. So um, landscape wise, you know, I think there's a lot of cool things happening. You know, I think with Dubuo and Outbrain continuing to kind of carve off their market share, you know, lots of changes are going to be happening there. I don't know if you happen to catch the article, but it came out yesterday that Outbrain's going public. So, really? you know, what, is that, what does that do for the marketplace in the next, you know, 12 to, you know, 24 months? Who knows? Oh, that's nuts. Well, well snap, Joe. This has been an absolute pleasure. Y'all heard it first. Native advertising gurus. Check that group out. Lots of goodies in there. Well, Joe, man, thanks for jumping on. We loved having you. Yeah, it was a real pleasure, guys. Thanks. And if I can ever help you guys out, let me know. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoorad.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment. Share with a friend. If you do, Take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, Zach at FunnelDash.com. Show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to RichAdPoorAd.com. To leave a review, go to RichAdPoorAd.com slash review. Thanks again.